0: Welcome to the History Slam podcast from ActiveHistory.ca. Here's your host, Sean Graham.
1: Thank you, Adam. Welcome to the History Slam, everybody. I am Sean Graham coming at you today, nearly live from Ottawa, Ontario. It is our first episode in about six weeks or so, as we're we're coming back off a bit of a hiatus. I just want to say off the top of the show, this is the first episode we've done since the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic, and since the Ontario government declared a state of emergency, there's state of emergencies across the country, across the world right now. We are well aware uh, on the show, the people who are involved in this, of what's going on. And there's a lot of great work by historians right now to put what's happening in context and provide information for folks. That's not what we're going to do on this show. Uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to do stuff that's a little lighter in content and, and in the discussions. We're still going to look at you know historical issues and historical topics. We're just going to do it in a way that is a little a little more fun. I, I think, at least for me personally, we could use a bit of a distraction from, from the reality of the situation, and that's what this show is going to try and do for the next few weeks. And I thought to kick that off, there are no better people to bring on than The man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Boyes, Mike Thompson, Jeremy Garrett, the three of whom are here. And we are going to talk about historical hockey figures. The NHL playoffs would have started at some point in the next week, I think. And normally we all get together or we have all gotten together and done a fantasy draft for the playoffs. We have a a bet and the winner gets a trophy, the loser also gets a trophy that they have to display in their house to demonstrate how terrible they are, and we decided to do this, but with historical figures. I'll explain the format in a minute, but first, gentlemen, welcome.
0: Thanks for having me back
2: on.
1: Always a pleasure, Aaron. Mike, welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks very much. Happy to be here.
1: And Jeremy, this is your first time since your... A child was born, and I think we informed the people that Aaron and I uh, got it wrong when we tried to name your baby.
3: <laughs> That's correct, and I think this is my third time on the show.
1: Yes, so uh, so welcome back to all of you. So what we did is that there's, and Pat Fournier couldn't be here today, but he's part of this uh, as well, and I will sort of pseudo-defend Pat's uh, team. So what we did, there's a website called What If Sports, and What it allows you to do is draft teams across eras and simulate a season for those teams to see how they would do. You could also have teams that you draft and they go head-to-head against each other. So what we've done is Aaron, Mike, Pat, and Jeremy each submitted a team to me. I put those teams into the what-if simulator, and we have the results. So the guys know the team's. But I'm the only one currently who knows the results. And what we're going to do is go around. Each person will discuss their teams and try to defend their team. And then we'll go through to see what the results were. So picking at random, and by random I mean the team with the most players that I'd never heard of, Jeremy Garrett, go first. Uh, Who's on your team? Uh, The way we did it, two lines and two pairs of defensemen and a goalie. I rounded out the team, and I'll explain how I did that at the end. But, uh, Jeremy, please defend your team. Well, first identify, and then defend your team.
3: Well, I mean, I don't know how you don't know most of the guys on this team, but uh, anyway. I didn't
1: say, I didn't say most, <laughs> but it had oh. the most of all the all the teams. It had the most players who I'd never heard of, and all by right. that I mean one. All right. It had, it had a player I'd never heard of. <laughs>
3: I'll ask after who that is, but uh, on left wing, I have Alex Ovechkin and Johnny Busey. Uh, at centre, of course, had to take uh, the great one, Wayne Gretzky, and uh, also took uh, Mario Lemieux. Right wing, uh, I have Yermir Jager and Guy Lafleur. Uh, left defence, I took Paul Coffey and Nicholas Lidstrom. Right defence, I have Al McGinnis and Ray Bork. Now, I re- recognise that Ray Bork is a left shot, but trying to fill it out. And for goal, I took Patrick Waugh. Now to defend this, I mean, some of these are are fairly easy. You have Wayne Gretzky. I'm sure everyone took Wayne Gretzky. Um, And then from there on, I mean, you have personal preference. For me, um, I took Ovechkin uh, looking at his potential. He's still playing. Uh, He's ranked quite high in the... uh, the amount of points, I believe he's uh, in the top 20 now. Uh, sorry, he's now 36th. Um,
1: Number two in what? goals, though. Pardon? Number two in goals.
3: Yes. Uh, I'm looking at overall points as well. Uh, I mean, you have your, uh, your goals, but uh, your assists are also important in uh, setting up those uh, future goals as well. Uh, so again, Toko Ovechkin for the, uh, future potential that, um, of where he's going to land up on, on this overall list. Um, next is sort of Johnny Busey. Um, it was a tough one here. I, uh, I struggled with left wing actually quite a bit. Um, and then I started trying to look up a lot of the different left wings and also what some of our colleagues took. A lot of them actually took, uh, Bobby Hall from what I, uh, noticed. And, uh, Uh, Trying to look it up, I realized that actually Busey, um, uh, from the natural left-wing position, is uh, ranked actually a lot higher than a lot of people recognize uh, for points. So I threw him in there. Uh, Also, uh, very well-known Boston Bruin, uh, led the team for a number of years. Uh, So I thought, and uh, from what I read, uh, while he was known as the uh, clean player, he uh, liked to give a huge hip check. So I wanted someone with the... A bit of grit on, uh, to rent out my left wings. Uh, again, I'm not even going to try and defend Wayne Gretzky. I mean, yeah, you don't I, have to. I I, for
1: he, he's the only player who was picked across all four teams.
3: Yeah. Um, and then there's Lemieux. Um, I mean, again, an amazing player. Uh, unfortunately, his career was cut short with a lot of health issues. Uh, but as a result, I, I think that uh, uh, you could have seen him a lot higher had he been able to remain healthy um Yager was uh, um he was an interesting one uh, because if we only pull the nhl records then uh, he isn't quite as high but of course he went and played in russia for quite a while as well um i remember when he uh, got traded from um, the penguins to the uh, capitals i mean didn't do very well in, uh, in washington but overall i uh, really liked the style of play um moving on uh Guy Le fleur i mean uh well-known uh, montreal canadian um High point count, uh, again, trying to take, uh, trying to be a little separate from uh, some of our colleagues. Uh, so uh, went there. Uh, on defense, Nicholas Lindstrom, uh, amazing defenseman. Um, actually, funny enough, when I started doing hockey pools uh, a long time ago, he was one of the defensemen I always tried to get. Um, uh, always could rely on him. I uh, was really happy. Um, Paul Coffey, um, I mean, another amazing defenseman. Um I actually knew about him because I believe that uh, there was a TV show uh, called Making the Cut where uh, um, amateur hockey players um, went on a uh, reality TV to try and make a chance to uh, come into the playoffs. And he was actually one of the guest defensemen that they had to play against. Um, Al McGinnis uh, on right defense. You're, you're, you're still in your age there, man. Like that's a people call copy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh.
3: I'll uh, oh McGinnis, Um Again, played for St. Louis for quite a long time. Amazing defenseman. Uh, plenty of uh, goals. Uh, I actually remember when he retired as well. Uh, and similar to Ray Bork as well. Where it got really interesting uh, was goalie. I was actually between uh, three. Um, I was between Patrick Waugh, Martin Brodeur, both amazing goalies. Um, all-stars, uh, NHL Hall of Fame players. You name it. Uh, but I ended up I, I gave the edge to uh, Waugh. Um, I believe that uh, he still has some of the records over uh, Martin Brodeur. Now I could easily be wrong there. Um, and the third one I was actually looking at was um, uh, Jacques Blanc. Um Just, I mean, for the historical aspect of introducing the goalie mask, but also uh, his record speaks for himself. So that would be a lot of the justification for my team.
1: Yeah, I think you're hard pressed to uh, on the goalie to say Patrick Wise and one of the greatest of all time. I think he gets a little hurt just in the early part of his career based on, you know, it's the end of that scoring surge of the 80s into yeah. the early 90s. So that hurts his, you know, goals against average shave percentage that kind of stuff, just the era that he played in, but you know, we'll get to what Pat's team is. You know, you got a goalie who played his whole, pretty much his whole career in the 80s. And those guys just statistically get hurt yeah. compared to people who played, especially late 90s when nobody was scoring.
3: Exactly, yeah.
1: So uh, so that's Jeremy's team. So we'll move on to uh, – Oh, so the player I never heard of was Johnny Busey, by the way. So I had never heard of him. And I'm not the only one because he does not have – a wikipedia page although it's offering me to create one right now so there you go uh he is a hall of famer but
3: no actually just to to correct you he does have a wikipedia page
1: not okay fine the wikipedia page is not linked from the hockey hall of fame list
3: oh that's quite possible
1: how's that um all right jeremy while you're listening to mike link it up fix that fix fix wikipedia (laughs) um So, next up, we'll go to Mike. Uh, There is some overlap here, Mike. Uh, Yeah. So, let's let's identify the overlap, but also, I think, more importantly, talk about the differences between your and Jeremy's team.
2: All right. So, I take your show and your podcast super seriously. So, after I remembered (laughs) that you had asked me to do this and I had to submit my team that day, I spent, like, a solid – like five, seven minutes scribbling down names on a sticky <laughs> note. <laughs> I did like zero statistical analysis. I wrote down names kind of like a gut check. Um, I didn't really. I
1: think that's good though, Mike. I, I think it should laugh, be really. like the gut reaction. I, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, so I, I like that visceral immediacy.
2: That's what it was. So I kind of started out by by scribbling down like four lines for each position, and then just kind of whittled away. And I found this was a okay the exercise if you indulge me for a second was interesting in that it was like hard and not hard at the same time it's hard because you're like you can choose two centers from like all time like how are you going to choose there are so many great centers but at the same time when you're stressing about you know like short list like I had you know Phil Esposito's on my short list it's like man I'm like leaving Phil Esposito like not on my list but it's like okay so you don't take Esposito, but then you take Wayne Gretzky. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I really wish I could take Crosby if I had more lines. It's like, oh, I end up with Mario Lemieux. So it, it, it was kind of interesting that it's hard, but at the same time, it's easy because when you're only dealing with what, like, you know, a, a handful of players from all of these greats, like from all time, you know, you, you kind of can't go wrong uh, unless the simulator tells me that I did terribly. But that's how I felt. So um, my centers, I took gretzky of course and then my next one super mario mario lemieux is a beast he's a points beast and that's a guy who was allowed to get checked unlike wayne gretzky that's a guy who body checked unlike wayne gretzky so i mean those are the not even i think for position just all-time greatest players that's the number one number two all-time greatest nhl players. so i went with them but i i struggled like like i said esposito was there Messi was my childhood hero he didn't make the cut Crosby the other thing that was kind of tricky about choosing the team was I wasn't sure to the degree the degree to which the simulator was going to account for like different eras like obviously players today are stronger and faster Um, so I mean you drop Gretzky into today how well would he do you put Gretzky or you put Crosby back in the day he would you know crush people Um, so I wasn't sure if it was just going based on stats so I was a little bit unsure of how um, how balanced to make the team in terms of like a little bit more current era um, but I just went with my gut. So, like I said, Gretzky and Mario are my centers. Left wing, I got Ovechkin. So a little bit of modern balance. Incredible goal, goal scorer on the left side. And then Bobby Hall, another beast on the left. On the right, I went with um, Maurice Richard. Got to go with the Rocket. Uh, I don't think there's much you really need to say about him. Like, in his era, he was, like, the premier goal scorer like he was insanely good my other right winger Mike Bossy one of the best pure goal scorers in NHL history in my opinion his stats like 570 plus goals in 750 games like 1100 points in 752 games his playoff production is insane Um, you know he's cut short his career is cut short by injury but he's got like nine straight 50-plus goal seasons to start his career. I mean, the guy is an absolute beast. So then my defense, um, I found the left wing, sorry, the left side was a little bit harder if you're trying to stick to people's natural sort of positions. I mean, if you look down the left, you got like Stevens and Niedermeyer and Lindstrom. But I went with uh, Ray Bork and Denny Potman. And I think um, I'm not sure anybody else took Pomin, but Pomin is one of the like greatest defensemen of all time. He was the anchor of the New York Islanders' New York Islanders dynasty. Um, he's got over a thousand points, over 300 goals in a thousand games. He's like a point per game for a defenseman, absolute beast. Right side, Bob Yor. How do you not take Bob Yor if you're taking all time best? And then Paul Coffey. Um, like I said, I didn't really look up stats. Uh, I knew that the simulator was going to be weighted towards offense. So in my mind, I was looking for a purely offensive minded defenseman. I wasn't sure if the simulator would take into account plus minus at all. So out of curiosity, I just went and looked at the plus minus stats. And I ended up with, um, I think three, of my four are in the top five in terms of plus minus. I think Potvin Bork and Orr are all, and I, I might be wrong, but I think they're all top five all time plus minus. Um, Paul coffee is, is much lower, but I'm Paul Coffey was a, is it when I was playing as a kid, defenseman, Paul Coffey was a hero of mine. So happy to have him uh, even if he's not uh, maybe, um, maybe if he's not as gifted as some of the other guys that I, And then for D my what's the last position? Goalie. I took the dominator, Dominic Hashik. I mean, I think this guy's like first place in save percentage all time. I think he's like maybe second most by Europe second most games played by European born goaltender. I think if you look at a lot of the stats, shutouts, lowest goals against average, most wins, I think he's in the top ten of all of those sort of, like, major stat categories. Um, So I kind of figured a lot of guys were maybe going to go Pat or some of the other ones, but I think uh, I was trying to be a little bit different because I was a little bit afraid that our teams were all going to look super similar. So um, the goaltender was a conscious decision to sort of maybe uh, go a little bit of a different way but still make it a smart pick. So that's my... uh, that's my team. And I don't know who you chose as our second two lines. I'm sure they're fantastic.
1: They no are car- great. Uh, <laughs> they are absolutely great. Uh, I will say, though, about Dominic Hasek, for my money, as a, a, someone who grew up in the 90s watching a lot of, I mean, their Buffalo games on relatively frequently um, when he was still in Buffalo, the most exciting goalie that I've ever watched. Like uh, goalies, it's hard for goalies to be exciting because they stop the exciting things from happening but he was an exciting goalie
2: if that yeah i mean he hadn't like his style was just like stop the puck so it's like you got butterfly and you got like you know you can talk about the different uh, uh the different approaches to being a goaltender his approach was just like put something in the way of the puck so it doesn't go in the net so he's like stacking pads and he's 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 like rolling around i mean the only other guy who kind of like came close to that was um was it, Tim Thomas during those Boston Bruins uh, cup run? Thomas was a little bit kind of dominator in the sense that he's just sort of just like flopping and he ends up backwards. And yeah, so he's a uh, dominator was was super fun to watch. I agree. Yeah,
1: so uh, so there's Mike's team. Solid squad, I, I think. Uh, but we have yet to hear from the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Aaron Boyes. And uh, I expected... A little more maple leaf content, uh, certainly. For, well, from both you and Mike, but uh, certainly from you, Aaron. Uh, oh,
2: man, Ackie Berg, I almost put Ackie Berg on there. How can I not? Uh, <laughs> they were
1: close. <laughs> that would have been the great. That would have been the greatest thing that, ever. Ackie Berg.
2: I, uh, I resigned
0: from this. The fact that I didn't put Ackie Berg on my team, I don't deserve to win. <laughs> um, yeah. I've, one thing I actually I want to say off the top before I start talking to my team. Uh, This is a little difficult, and I'm afraid to see what lines you picked because, Sean, you're a notorious puck hater sometimes. And, uh, you know, you're more about the hoops, and so, you know, your knowledge about the NHL is a little bit lower, and so I'm afraid that you're going to skew this a little. Is that fair? No, Uh, because... Well, I...
1: Okay. You know what? Like... I'm not, it wouldn't be skewed in favor of anybody, at least, because everybody in the simulator had the same last two lines and last four defensemen and backup.
0: no, put my mind at ease. It's okay. It's okay, you know. All
1: right. So well, who you got?
0: So, um, like the other guys, uh, well, you know how most people—it's been told—they're they're best thinking when they're in the shower. I do my best thinking when I'm walking the dog um so on a couple nights uh I would take the dog out and this is what I thought of and so uh like Mike and Jeremy I wasn't sure obviously how the simulator was going to process this all but I tried to pick a team that was going to win hockey games they didn't have to win eight you know by scoring eight goals or any of that I was looking for a combination of goal scorers and grit that are going to keep the puck away from you and are going to win by grinding you down. So that's kind of the mindset that I had. Um, so my team, I'll start in the in center spot. Of course, Wayne Gretzky, that goes without saying um, the great one, uh, the most points ever recorded uh, on Gretzky's left wing. I've got Bobby Hull already mentioned uh, one of the elite goal scorers in NHL history. And on his right wing, I've got Maurice Richard, once again, another elite goal scorer. And I thought the three of them, uh playing on a line together would just be deadly they would control the puck the entire time and uh obviously would put it in the back of the net uh centering my second line uh I picked a Pittsburgh Penguin but I went with Sidney Crosby uh I went with Crosby because this guy's won everything he's won at every level he's ever played in uh he's an elite player um very polarizing his early years in his career who is a bit of a whiner and I personally didn't like watching him because of that but he's showed his maturity and he's led the Penguins to three cups has been a, an excellent captain and like I said he's a winner and so I wanted him on my team uh on his right wing I went with Gordie Howe now I went with Gordie Howe because Well, the Gordie Howe hat trick. This guy was a tough SOB. He was going to stick up for Crosby, and that's what I wanted. I wanted someone out there to give Crosby the time and space to be able to do his, you know, work his magic. Uh, Gordie Howe, not only was he tough as nails, he was a great goal scorer. He was a fierce competitor. Um, He famously quipped, of course, that all hockey players are bilingual. Uh, Everyone spoke English and profanity. So, uh, Gordy, Howe, really great for those sound bites as well. And then on the left wing, I've got Frank Mahal. It's really
2: important to choose the guys with the uh, soundbite stats. Uh, I can't wait to see if the simulator um, <laughs> takes into account the soundbite stat and the grit stat.
0: This is see, like, this is what I told you. This is why I built my team differently than what the simulator wanted, Michael. So, we'll see so what happens. Why would happen? you do that, though? <laughs> I don't know. Why not?
2: I guess that's true. Why not? <laughs> You're, you wanted a Berg on your team.
1: We, we yeah, all do. There's we, no we better all grit do. guy just, than Aki Berg. No
2: one's willing to admit it. We all want Aki Berg on our team, and Wade be like,
3: make us all that, better. Fast uh, oh, beatable
0: oh I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah frank Mahovlich is my first maple leaf that shows up on the team um i had to have at least one obviously sean alluded to it i'm a diehard maple leafs fan uh i've got to represent my team anytime i can uh but frank Mahovlich, once again another amazing player uh played over 1100 games in the nhl um won numerous stanley cups with the toronto maple leafs i wanted uh as i said i wanted winners i wanted guys that Know what it takes to win, and I thought Frank Mahovlich was a great representation there. Uh, as for defense, uh, on lefty, I've got Bobby Orr. Once again, not much needs more to be said. The only thing I will add, of course, is that he basically created the offensive defenseman. This idea that you don't have to be a stay-at-home uh, defenseman that get into the play, and we've seen many players uh, recreate that, uh, especially in this year in the NHL. On his right, I've got Chris Chelios. Now, I picked Chris Chelios because, once again, longevity. This guy just played. He constantly played. You could always rely on Chris Chelios to take a shift. And I wanted that uh, – I wanted a guy that I knew I could rely on. So that's why I picked Chelios. Uh,
1: are, are we sure that he is retired? No. He, he, I'm sure he's playing in some, like, third-tier minor league somewhere.
0: Guaranteed, yes. You're right. So that made him spell. a Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: If that qualifies him because he's still an active player, I apologize. Uh, And then I went with uh, Nick Lidstrom on the left D. Uh, Once again, a steady, steady, steady defenseman. uh, Led Detroit uh, all those years when Detroit was just winning cup after cup after cup. Uh, And on right D, uh, paired up with Lidstrom, I went with... My second Maple Leaf, uh, Tim Horton. Uh, once again, you got a winner. You've got a guy who's tough as nails, a guy who you don't want to play against. He's going to make your life miserable. Uh, and so that was kind of my mindset there. Um, and as for goaltender, I went with uh, Martin Brodeur, uh, all-time shutouts leader. Uh, I believe he's all-time in wins as well. If not, he's number two behind Wath. Uh, obviously his career lasts a little bit longer than Patrick Waugh and uh all the goaltenders that are picked so far I don't think you can go wrong with um that's I think the advantage of this that you only have to pick one and there have been so many um the only thing about Brodeur is seeing him playing a St. Louis Blues jersey was very bizarre uh I really thought that he should have retired a devil but that's uh that's neither here nor there so anyway that's my team and yeah we'll see what the simulator thought
1: yeah, the, the one that surprised me on, on your list, Aaron, was Tim Horton, just because I think the, the fact that the restaurant has sort of outstripped him as a player. And, and I think in the, the popular consciousness, there's this notion that he wasn't a great player because of the restaurant, For some, if that makes any sense. But, like, you know, he played almost 1,500 games in the league and was around forever, and as you say, he won. So, but it's this weird dynamic where it's hard for me to wrap my head around, you know, Tim Horton, the namesake of a donut place and Tim Horton, a hockey player.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, for sure. And the fact that I think part of it that's tough as well is Tim Horton died in 1974. uh, So none of us would have had a chance to watch him play live. Um, But from anecdotes that I've heard uh, and through family and such like that, like he was a great hockey player, but I totally understand what you're saying, Sean. It's, you know, you hear the name Tim Horton and you think of the restaurant chain, not Uh, the Canadian ice hockey player, you think of the conglomerate that's owned by a Brazilian billionaire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And still, and he was still active, which is crazy that he was still active, right? He he started, he made his debut in the NHL in the 49 50 season. He died in 1974 and he had played a game in Toronto the night before. Like just these guys had crazy long careers. So uh, Pat's team, I, I will represent Pat's team. In part because I I sort of picked it, but Pat is a big Edmonton Oilers fan, and to make it interesting and different from what everyone else was doing, uh, we went through and picked the all-time greatest Edmonton Oilers to represent Pat. So on the first line, on the left wing, you have Ryan Smith, one of the great gritty players uh, who you think of, and I I remember Ryan Smith because for my money. The greatest rivalry and the most fun that I've ever had watching hockey was those late 90s, early 2000s, Edmonton Oilers, Dallas Stars games, especially the playoffs. They played each other in the playoffs multiple times, back-to-back years. Those games were so much fun to watch because those teams hated each other. And Ryan Smith was at the center of that, of course, on the Oilers' side. And for my money, I've, I've never had more fun watching games than watching those Stars-Oilers games. Then up the middle on that first line, Wayne Gretzky, of course, the, the only guy who's on all four teams. On the right side, Glenn Anderson. I think underrated scorer on those championship Oilers teams from the 80s. And the rest of the list is pretty much 80s Oilers. Uh, S- uh, second line, Esa Tikkanen on the left side. Yari Curry on the right side. And then... Somebody who I was pretty surprised that nobody else picked, Mark Messier, up the middle on that second line, greatest captain in all the sports.
2: Uh, he was my he's my all time favorite. I felt really there was a little bit of a a little bit of sadness that uh, a little regret I'll say that I didn't put Messi on my team just because of what he meant. But that goes back to it. Like there's just so many like Yari Curry was on my short list. There's just so many guys, and it's like you can't can't go wrong either way, I guess. But.
3: Yeah. yeah, I, agree. And I can agree with that, too. I mean, I had Messi as a third center for mine, but it comes down to, like Mike said, to who do you pick for center? There's just so many great ones.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, is, is as Mike alluded to when he was describing his team, that you just don't know what the simulator is going to value. Is it going to value straight offensive stats? Whereas a lot of Messier's value, at least, you know, the way
2: his teammates
1: talk is in that leadership role. Yeah, I mean, like, great players. When, he, no when doubt. he,
2: before, you know, a crucial playoff game, he says, I guarantee we're going to win. And now all the pressure's on him. And he goes out and gets, what, a hat trick in that game to win that game? Like the simulator can't take that into account. So if you're talking anecdotally, yeah, like Messier is just, it's just insane. And obviously potato chips, right? Like we all love potato chips. Great potato chip salesman, <laughs> yeah. But simulators take that into account. So, so you're right. Like, you just don't know what, what that simulator's thinking in there. Like, what kind of, what, 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 what synapses are, are Skynet uh, simulators sort of like uh, firing in there? You have no idea.
1: No. So, uh, so yeah. So that's uh, that was, those are the forward lines' greatest Oilers ever. On the back end, uh, Paul Coffey, uh, who's been named before, uh, prolific scorer for the Oilers there uh, again during their their great run. Uh, Kevin Lowe, uh, people of people my generation at least, better known as a coach and executive, uh, solid defenseman Chris Pronger. His best years were not in Edmonton, but I'm putting him on this team because he played for the Oilers. And then uh, another player who I was unfamiliar with, Charlie Huddy, uh, is on this list as well. He played uh, 1,000 games in the NHL, majority of those for the Oilers, on those great Oiler teams. Uh, he had a couple Good offensive seasons, 82, 83, had 57 points. uh, And he was in the 40s, 50s, uh, a couple other times in his career. Uh, So a solid defenseman there for those championship Oiler teams. And then this is where, which we'll talk about, where I think Pat really gets crushed, is in the goaltender category. Grant Fuhrer is who I picked as the greatest Oiler goalie of all time. No doubt that he's a great goaltender, great player but he played in an era where teams were scoring 12 times a night. So it just statistically, again, if the simulator is going to value the goals against average shave percentage, it's just going to be lower for Grant fear than the guys who came later. So that is Pat's team representing the greatest Oilers of all time. Now, I know everybody is on the edge of their seat wondering how I filled out these rosters. And I did something that I thought was the most fair to do. I went through and looked at every NHL season between 1974-75 and 1991-92. So that stretch of 17 years where they played 80 games. Before that, they were playing, they played a few years of 78, 76, 74 before that. Then for two years in the 90s, they played 84 games for some reason before the lockout shortened the season. And then they eventually got to the 82, which we know today, but for 17 years, we have 80 game seasons. So I went through each of those seasons and I wanted to find the most average team in the league during those 17 years. Uh, I was very excited. I found a lot of teams that had 80 points in 80 games. The Atlanta flames of 76, 77 were one, the 78, 79 Kings. But once I started to get options, for a lot of teams who had 80 points in 80 games, I went to goals for and against to be the determinant of who was the most average team in the league during that stretch. And the surprising to me winners of that distinguished award are the 1990-1991 Edmonton Oilers, who... 80 points in 80 games. They went 37 37 and 6, 22 15 and 3 at home, 15 22 and 3 on the road, exact inverse home and away. And then the beautiful part of this, they scored 272 goals and they gave up 272 goals. So I picked players from that team, the back end of that team, because as the front line, the front end of that team was pretty good. They got besieged by injuries, which is why they were so bad. Uh, but Messier was still there, uh, and some other players. So, uh, on the the lines for these guys, you have people like Kelly Buckberger, Joe Murphy, a very young Martin Jelena was on that team, uh, Anatsi Semenov, who I don't know who that is, Dave Brown, uh, Kari Tako. I picked as the backup goalie. Several goalies played on that team. On the the back end, people like Jeff Smith, Craig Mooney, Chris Joseph, and of course, everyone's favorite, uh, Jeff Bukaboom was on that team, uh, Mark Lamb as well. So those are the players that filled out the back end of the roster. So gentlemen, do you take any issue with my or the, the selection process through deciding the rest of the players?
2: No, I think I think that Makes sense, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. But if I'm understanding this correctly, then what so your 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 reasoning for this? Then you take like the most average dudes you could find. Then the yeah. point is, then our personal sort of choices in the uh, the first two lines, which are like all star lines, that's going to be the, this, the the difference maker, right? Is, is it, yeah. this is your so reasoning. The, to like let our That the, that up. is the reasoning.
1: Yeah. yeah, is that the the back end those third fourth line guys they're going to be average so it's not going to bring anyone it's not going to bring like the overall quality down and it's not going to bring it up either it's just sort of total average and then yeah let the front line guys be the determinant
2: fine with me i like it
1: all right with me too. so all right so uh, here's what we've done in terms of the simulation uh, four teams and we did a forty or excuse me a thirty game season in which each team played the other teams ten times, and you could set it home versus road. so you played fifteen home games, fifteen road games, no ties, uh, also no shootouts. I put it on playoff rules because I don't know three point games are dumb and,
0: and it's not hockey,
1: yeah. So a, a couple games did go to double overtime and, and all that kind of stuff. So 30 games, 10 against each team, 15 home, 15 away. Uh, I'm just curious, guys. Uh, let's start. We'll do it in the order that, that you announced your teams. What do you think your record was now that you've heard everybody's teams, heard the rationale, know, now you know the rest of your roster? How many games do you think you won? Let's start with Jeremy.
3: That's a tough one. I mean, uh, a lot of these teams uh, – you know repeating players all are great players yeah i think the better question would actually be uh, how close were each of these games uh for my own team you said it was what 30 games uh, played yeah uh i don't know i'd go with a 20 to 23 range
1: okay 20 to 23 range all right mike what about you
2: you you know i really i man I have no idea. My guess would be something similar. My guess is... I'm not sure about... I'm not sure about past team. My guess is, looking at my team and Aaron's team and Jeremy's team with the overlap of some of the players, I have a feeling that whatever the numbers are, I think that the numbers are going to be pretty close between them. I'm not sure anybody's got like a huge runaway... a runaway team here. But uh, 30 games? I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be confident. I'm going to say... I won, like, 26 games. Let's do it.
1: 26 and 4 is your... Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, Aaron, what about you? Uh,
0: I'm a Leafs fan, so I have the most confidence in the world, but I'm also subject to reality. And so I have a feeling that I won 12 and lost 18.
1: 12 and 18. Okay. And uh, before I did the simulation... Uh, representing Pat, I was very pessimistic about Pat's chances uh, just because you're limited to one team. And, yes, they were great teams, certainly, but uh, not quite to the all-star caliber. So I thought when I started that Pat's team would win seven games, uh, go seven and 23. That's harsh. And, uh, so let's, That's harsh. Yeah, that is. Well, it was mostly because of the goalie. I, I figured in the simulator, just goals against average being that much higher for Grant Fuhrer, uh, yeah. Would, would be a death nail for him. So, uh, Jeremy brought up a good point. Were these games close? So, the way it works in the, in the simulator is that you simulate one game at a time and it brings up a box score for you, which has, uh, you know, time on ice, it has penalties, it has who scored and who scored when, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it, it was really interesting. So, I went through, I kept track of home and road record. As well as goals for and against for each team, and I have a list in front of me of all the games and the scores of each of those games. And uh, I am very uh, proud to announce that I was correct—that Pat's team was the worst. They did not go seven and twenty-three, though. They went twelve and eighteen in the simulation—a record of eight and seven at home, four and eleven on the road. Uh, re- home ice you'll, you'll notice a trend here guys home ice really did seem to matter in the simulator with uh, goals against of minus 30 gave up a 172 goals in 30 games another trend you'll notice is very high scoring uh, a lot of these games there were some 10 eight games in here uh, it was not uncommon for for teams to put up eight nine goals which is not surprising given the firepower on the top two lines but 172 goals in 30 games, I was very surprised by. So Pat finishes at 12-8. and eight. Is anybody surprised that Pat's team finished last?
3: I wouldn't say I'm surprised his team finished last. I'm uh, a little surprised at uh, the record in comparison to some of the other teams, though.
1: Yeah, so in terms of str- – well, we'll go through the straight-up matchups uh, at the end once we've announced everyone, but he, he did okay uh, in a couple of the matchups – that, uh, you know, there's just one matchup that really skewed him lower. So uh, overall, not not bad. So the let's move up third place, the team that finishes third, the person who was closest to their guess on their record, the man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Boys. You finish 13 and 17 for your season, 10 and 5 at home, 3 and 12 on the road. But. And this is where sample size could be a factor in here, that even though it's 30 games, 10 against each of the other teams, still a relatively small sample size because you go four games under 500, Aaron, but you are plus in the goals for against category, scoring 161, giving up 158. So you would think you'd be a game or two closer to 500 with that goals for and against, but a 13 and 17 mark. Ouch. You thought you you thought you'd win 12. You, it's better than what you guessed. I know, yeah, but seriously. I,
0: obviously I didn't uh I didn't pick very well for the simulator.
2: Well, Frank Mahovlich. <laughs> Tim Horton.
1: <laughs> I mean, Frank Mahovlich is a good player. Second best left winger of all time? I'm a
2: diehard Leafs fan and we're talking greatest Leafs of all time team. Like, yeah, sure they could be on
3: there, but
1: yeah, so that, that's a bit tough. So it, it came down in the end between Mike and Jeremy. One of these teams went 19 and 11. The other team went 16 and 14. Yeah, close, eh? Yeah. So it was within three games. And uh, congratulations, Mike Thompson. Your team, nice. is the champion. Noise. So uh, so Jeremy's team, 16 and 14. But this is remarkable. Uh, 13 and two at home, a terrible three and 12 record on the road. Jeremy, you gotta you gotta pick guys who can travel, uh, be able to play on the road. Uh, scored 172, giving up 161 in those 30 games, Jeremy.
3: Ouch.
2: So, so just I'm am curious. Can you just indulge me for a second? Remind because these two yeah. teams have a fairly close record. So I had um. Ovi and Bobby Hall on the left, Gretzky, Super Mario, and then I had Bossy and Richard on the right. What were um, what were uh, Pat's Pat's forwards? Out of curiosity. Uh,
1: so Pat's were Ryan Smith, Wayne Gretzky, Glenn Anderson, Essa Tikkanen, Mark Messier, and Yari Curry. Oh,
2: so not a huge amount of overlap there, eh? And then on on defense, maybe no. we had some overlap. I had Pop and Bork Orr and Coffee. Uh,
1: with Pat's team, only Paul Coffey is the overlap. Seriously,
2: fascinating
1: yeah interesting so one thing that i so that
0: comes to mind sorry to interrupt i'm just really curious um what the records would have been like if you had have had say the overtime loss that they have now. because just how you mentioned with mine you know uh had a plus goal differential but uh four games below 500 like with the new nhl that's you're easily looking at fake 500 wouldn't you guys think
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I will say this, Aaron, in your matchup with Mike, you guys played you guys as if you were actually playing. Yeah. Um the two yeah, of you I had was three there.
2: consecutive
1: <laughs> three consecutive overtime games. Mm-hmm. Uh, game 6, 7 and 8 of that series uh, all went to overtime. Mike won two of them. So, yeah, you're right if in that in the new rules that's two losses that are converted to like I call them the the orange slice points. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, and again, and I'm, I'm, I'm not disputing the, the results. I'm just more pointing out how interesting it is, like how the NHL really wouldn't be as on par, if you will, if it were back to these rules.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's fake. Parody. Yeah, it's
0: fake parody. Exactly. Oh, yeah. and
2: that, yeah, that... I,
0: I mentioned, I just, I find that really, really interesting how close it can be yet. Uh,
2: you know, a loss is a loss. So can you um <laughs> can, can you see the stats uh in terms of um like like player stats like uh you know whose goals assists like do, do, does that does that information come out the other I'm curious to know of these players like who who came out as like the, the best goal scorer or something and also I'm curious to know I'm not you can tell me if, if, if you have this kind of information but where you have overlap player like Gretzky's on all the teams was he like the highest goal yeah. scorer for all for all of them? Was you know was Super Mario on my team? Uh, you know, not as good as Mario on another team. Do you have these kinds of like yeah,
1: football so stats? I, 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 so I didn't keep the Players stats, the specific stats for each, for each player. I, I did though sort of look through the box scores after each game, and yeah, Wayne Gretzky was by far the most common name to appear uh, on the box scores. So he was all over it for both teams all the time. Uh, in, in sort of anecdotally looking at the rest of it, I think where the difference was, Mike, is defensively, because your team gave up the fewest goals by far, right? Fifteen fewer goals than Aaron's team. You also scored the least, but uh, other than Pat, on
2: defense or overall? Overall. Oh,
1: so you scored, so you scored 153, and you gave up 143. So you know the the algorithm of that would. That type of goal differential wouldn't quite lead you to a plus eight normally, but compared to everybody else, you know, when you're giving up that many fewer goals, I I think the takeaway for me at least is that the simulator did value defense in in some manner, right? It, It wasn't just about offensive defensive play. Uh, even though your team does have great offensive defensive players. Yeah, that's interesting because
2: uh, that's what I chose them thinking offensive mind and like I said after the fact I went and I I looked up all-time NHL defensemen and I sort of plus minus and I ended up with three in the top 5. So I just ended up choosing guys who who were great both both ways. But the other thing I'd be I'd, I mean it's hard to know when you're giving up that less you know I mean, if your goals if it's purely defense or the, to what degree the, the goalies made a difference too, I guess.
1: Yeah. And I don't know how much, you know, puck luck factors into the simulator either. Right. You know, if it goes off a guy's skate, then I mean, that happens.
2: Yeah. Like I said, I did, I mean, Hasek, one of my reasons for taking this, I think he's like the best in terms of uh, save percentage, I think all time, something mm-hmm. like that. So I, I it, it's, it's yeah. interesting. I thought the, 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 this, the, the, the simulator would just be purely based on offense, but I guess there is, it is taken into account defense in some way.
1: Yeah, in, in some capacity, there was some sort of acknowledgement of, of a need to play defense in here some way. I will also say that, uh, by far, Jeff Bukaboom had the most penalty moves <laughs> in the simulation, uh, by far. It seemed like he fought himself a couple times, too, uh, which was great fun. So, uh, also within, within this, uh, the other thing that mattered, uh, Mike to your victory is that you had the most road wins here. Uh, you had seven road wins, which was the most out of anybody else, still under 500 on the road, but, but, you know, most professional teams will say, you know, if you can go 500 on the road, seven and eight close enough, uh, and then hold for it at home, then you're fine. So seven and eight on the road, it's pretty good. Uh, I gave each of you different home ices. Uh, well, Mike and Aaron, I, I gave you both Maple Leaf Gardens. Jeremy, I gave you uh, uh, the old Ottawa Civic Center. And I gave Pat the Rexall place or Rex whatever it's called. Uh, so, you know, the the ability, I, and again, small enough sample size, I don't know if it matters uh, or, or if it's enough to really tell, but... Mike, at the very least, in this simulation, you built a team that was better prepared to play on the road than anybody else. That's good to know. I did not think
2: about that at all. Zero thought to that, but there you
1: go. So the other thing I will say, I went through and, and, and found the players who were specific to your teams. And just curious if, you know, if Wayne Gretzky offsets Wayne Gretzky on all the teams, a uh, hearer who was unique to you. So Jeremy, uh, Johnny Busey was unique, uh, uh, Lafleur, Al McInnes, and Patrick Waugh. The goalies were unique just across the board. Uh, those were your unique players. Mike, uh, it was uh, Bossy, Mike Bossy, Denny Potvin, and Dominic Hasek. Aaron, Frank Mohavich, Sidney Crosby, Gordy Howe, which is shocking to me that nobody else picked Gordy Howe. Uh, Chris Chelios, Tim Horton, and Marty Brodeur, and then everybody on Pat's team other than Gretzky was unique to uh, to Pat. Oh, and Paul Coffey. Sorry. So, you know, I, I guess what we could take away from this, Mike, is that perhaps Mike Bossy, Denny Potvin, and Dominic Hasek are in fact the greatest players of all time.
2: Yeah, I mean that's obviously that's obviously the the, the takeaway. Like this this scientific. Uh analysis. We no, believe that it's awesome. 100%.
0: Uh, Mike Thompson is the greatest general manager in hockey history.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. Well, that's yeah. the other. I wasn't going to say it, but thanks. It's obviously my hockey brain. My my hockey sense is <laughs> so good.
1: So, uh, so there you have it, fellas. That uh, that is the simulator Mike gets the trophy. Cool. The
2: the the, sim- and Pat the, simulated gets tro- the other trophy.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, because we were not allowed to see each other for however long yeah we'll have to i'll send you a, a, a an image of a trophy can you
0: post the image of the trophy on this uh on the page when
1: uh when this podcast goes live absolutely i will do that can we also post and the loser
2: trophy too. can we
3: also post the loser trophy for pat
2: yeah no question so the one thing that uh if we did this again or if we ever do this again um i'm surprised you didn't have us come up with uh, team names
1: Oh, good point.
2: I didn't think of that.
1: We should have done that. Why didn't we do that? Bad job by me. Well,
2: now we know for next time.
1: Well, do you have one in mind, Mike? Oh,
2: I don't know. The fighting, the fighting, uh, I'm looking around the room, the the fighting bobbleheads. Nice. Nice. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. So next, th- well, yeah, next time uh, we do something like this, yeah, team names will be a necessity, of course, and we'll have to make sure that we can say them on a podcast that does not have a an explicit rating. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, wow.
1: that's part of the deal. So, uh, so that'll do it for this episode, gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining me, Mike. Congratulations. Thanks, uh, Jeremy. Congratulations on second place. Thank you. And Aaron, congratulations on being the person to most accurately predict your team's results.
2: Thank you very much. Because uh, he's, so uh, he's, he's a Leafs fan. He's a Leafs fan. He's realistic. He he knows deep down just, just exactly how good his team is. That's you what hope, I told you. You hope for better. Every, but deep down, you know just how good they really are. I'm full
0: of optimism every game, but no more often than not, they're going to lose. But even
2: when they do better than you expected, you're still pissed off that they didn't do better than that. Correct. Yeah. I know how it goes. I know how it goes.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've watched one game with you guys. It was in November of this year, November, to, whatever it was. And I wasn't really paying attention to the game. But based on the conversation, I just assumed that the Leafs were losing like 12 to nothing. I think, and then I look up at the end and I think they won the game. Yeah, they won it no. over
2: time. What? Did they time? overtime? Yeah, they won it over time. It was... it. Was that this year? I thought that was a year before. I don't know. They all blend together.
1: They all blend together. Time doesn't mean anything anymore. But the point, this the
2: point is taken. They were not losing. I think they were actually winning as we were complaining about how terrible they're. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Give me a second. Yeah. And uh, that's my takeaway. Okay. Well, you uh, it was? Uh, No, it was, it, it was when Mike Babcock. Mike and- Babcock was the coach.
0: Yes, yeah, so it was November 9th, So uh they lost to Philly in the shootout. Well,
1: okay. A shootout. Yes. That's, uh, okay. That's crap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they didn't yeah, they, I mean they didn't get blown out. No,
0: but that start is mm-hmm. there one, two, three, four, five, six. Six game losing streak, which resulted in Mike Babcock being fired.
2: Which we were at it that game in Las Vegas. That. that was delightful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And, uh, well, now everyone in the league is uh, not coaching.
2: Well, oh, I know. I mean, the Leafs are, what, like undefeated in the last few weeks? It's fantastic. They're going to go the rest of the undefeated. They're amazing.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's a beautiful day. And, you know, if you Leafs TV or whatever it's called now, uh, you know, I'm sure they're just showing classic Leaf games where they win. They so are. You can yell at those teams.
0: They are. It's called sports
2: Sportsnet Ontario.
1: Yeah, for Oh, is that all they're showing now?
2: For a Toronto sports team that actually matters these days, um, they're re-showing the entire Raptors playoff run from last year, so that's kind of nice.
1: Yeah, that is fun. Tonight, I believe is Game Seven as we record this uh, on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I have them all taped, but I'm rewatching them for sure.
1: Yeah, it's a, lo- it's a lot of. And fun. that's
2: the disappointing uh, even thing. Even the games
1: amongst, they lose is Amongst
2: funny. this, all these. Um, the shutdowns of the leagues. I don't. I mean, the Leafs weren't winning the cup anyway this year, so whatever. They're golfing a little bit earlier, but the Raptors actually had a chance. That's a big bummer that the NBA is done.
1: It is. It is sad. Yeah. And and I was sad too with baseball not starting. Uh, yesterday, Major League Baseball put up the 2019 Home Run Derby, uh, where Vlad went just crazy. And so did Jock Peterson. And after I watched the second round of that with Vlad and Jock Peterson, I kind of felt like I needed like a cigarette and a nap. <laughs> Uh, like it was, it was, it was incredible to watch.
2: I thought people Uh, would be happy because instead of like a stupid number of baseball games this year, you're going to have maybe like just an annoying amount of baseball games or who knows, maybe just like a reasonable (laughs) amount.
1: It's, it's the everydayness. Like it, it's, it's, you know, there's nothing to set my schedule to now, right? Like for me, I mean, you know, Aaron and Jeremy, you guys have kids who kind of set your schedule for you, but I mean, for me, I I sort of set schedules around sports and like what's on when and like I'm going to eat during the game while I watch the game. And now I'm just sort of floating around and
2: it makes you realize how much for me, at least how much sports I watched as soon as like and just like cold turkey, all all leagues. Do you know what I mean? Once you take away basketball and hockey and full swing and early baseball and take out Formula One and stuff and it's just like there's not there's no sports. It's like have
1: anything to watch on TV. TV stops. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And like, there's only so much Netflix and stuff you can watch too. And yeah, God forbid you have to start talking to people in your house. Like, Ooh, scary times, fellas. Oh yeah.
2: Well, thanks for running
1: the simulator. Good job. Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks for participating. Thanks for sending your teams. Thanks for the time this afternoon. Uh, Always appreciate you guys coming on. So uh, thanks for joining me today.
3: Thanks very much, Sean. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks, Sean.
1: So for everyone out there, thank you for listening. As I said at the top of the show, we're going to keep it light over the next few weeks. Uh, I think we have another sports one coming up. We have a, a couple sort of public history type things. They're going to be on theme for the show, but they're, they're going to be a little lighter. And we're going to try and go weekly during all the shutdowns and stuff. Because, uh, you know, as, as I just said, I'm running out of stuff for me to listen to and, and to watch. Uh, stuff that I find interesting. So, if, if anyone's like me, and, and I hope you're not, but uh, if you are, uh, we'll find uh, new content for you, put it out there. So, everyone, please stay safe. You know, follow the rules and regulations put forth. Listen to the experts, the, the professionals, the Dr. Tams of the world, and uh, follow all of the uh, protocols that are in place. And please do stay safe. And as always, if you want to get in touch with the show with ideas, stuff you might want to hear at this time, please email us, HistorySlam at gmail.com so we'll be back with you again next week but until then don't go out but if you do and see in rio copalazzo please say hi for me
0: thanks for listening to the history slam podcast be sure to check out active history for more features articles and be sure to subscribe on itunes